Greetings. Welcome everybody. You've 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 got here. We're here. We're here to tell you about all the great video games of 2023. I know it is a couple weeks into 2024, but hey. Come on. Get cut us a break. Tyler's here with me. What you doing? What's up? How, how's, how's your holidays? The holidays were fine besides having covid and all that stuff. Um so yeah, that, that that wasn't wasn't too fun, but you know, still got a lot of time to just chill out and stuff like that. So yeah, uh, how about yeah. you? How was yours? It was busy. It was well. Christmas Day was busy for me. Um, I was driving all around. Drove down to my dad's place, back up to uh, my girlfriend's grandparents' place, and then I drove over to my aunt's. So I went all the way from the southern end back up to you know the other side of York. Um, and then over to Willow Street, so it was a lot of driving, but it was fun. Yeah. It was good. Uh, had a good time. Um, yeah, and then, uh, I didn't really do anything for New Year's, because I had to work the next day. Um, but yeah, it's been, been pretty chill. Uh, I brought in a new kitty cat. Uh, his name's Jack, and he's about to turn my computer off. Jack, get away from that. <laughs> um... Yeah, he's a uh, he's a three month old little furball, uh, all black, and uh, yeah, he's he's been a lot of fun, um, very well behaved for the most part, except for you know when he tries to get into areas he's not allowed into yet. Uh, but yeah, he was very yeah. quiet on the like uh, we drove him all the way down from my dad's place all the way up here to my my house, and he was pretty quiet. He just slept the whole time. Wow, that's good. Yeah, that's good. Pretty, ch- pretty chill, dude. Yeah, likes likes to play a lot, but otherwise pretty chill. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. kittens, um, kittens are just—they're the best. Yeah, they're yeah, they are. adorable. They're terrifying. They're <laughs> everything. <laughs> oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> well, Tyler. There's no use, like, dancing around it. It is Game of the Year time. It is time to share with you all of our favorite games of the year. Uh, and Kitty Cat, stay away from there, please. This is going to be a theme <laughs> of the entire show. My cat is going to try to turn my computer off. Uh, what is... Yeah. Maybe Jack just wants to share his his Game of the Year. Um, seeing as he was born three months ago, his options are limited. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't think he's had time to go back and play all the games. Much as I have not had the time to go and go back and revisit a lot of games that I wish I had put more time into. Uh, that is like, I mean, I have a lot of regrets. I have, I have regrets. I have a list of regrets. Do we want to start with our list of regrets? <laughs> yeah, I... I... Like, I didn't. I didn't create a specific category for that. For me, I didn't create a a lit like I, I I didn't. I have other awards to give out other than Game of the Year and you know my top five. Uh, but this is not one of them. Our list of regrets, uh, Tyler. I think both of us have a pretty big one on our list of regrets. Alan Wake Two. Yes. Yep. I don't think either of us played that. No. I did not and, uh, very much want to, but yeah. yeah. 
<sighs> We're going to have to get to that because I keep like trying not to be spoiled on it. And people are being people for I mean, I haven't been online as much as I have been in past years, but for the most part, folks have been chill about spoilers. I've not seen spoilers for Alan Wake 2. So it's going to be kind of like I played it at launch <laughs> when I eventually get around to it. Uh So, yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to that. I I I want to play more. Yeah, same, yeah. That's definitely high high on my list. Um to me, well, I have a, I have one that I'll give an award later, but uh okay. Starfield is right. a big one. I don't oh, you never you know, didn't, you didn't even touch that? I have not even started Starfield now. Man. <clears throat> so, yeah, that's that's a big one. I mean, would it be my game of the year or even make my top 5? I don't know, but you know, still still a big one there for me. Um and I'm trying to think what else? Because there's one that I'm going to give an award, and another one I'm going to talk about later. So okay, so all I'll right. kind of incorporate it all in. I I think those are the two biggest ones for me. Uh, I regret not catching up on Spider Man. Uh, mm. I still haven't finished Miles Morales, and I haven't even started Spider Man Two as a result. Uh, so yeah, I I kind of I, I have regrets there. Um, there are games I wish I played more of. Um, I guess that's its own sort of thing, but uh, Horizons Gate, the pirate game. Um, this year I started rewatching One Piece, uh, the anime. And then I saw Horizons Gate, a game where you play as a pirate. And seeing as how Skull and Bones is only allegedly launching next month. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I figured I'd get my pirate fix in there, but I just haven't played enough of it to really get a uh, get a good uh, good grasp on what that game is about. Um, another game, Zero Sievert, is an extraction a pixel. I mean, these are both pixel game, pixel graphics games. Horizon's Gate and Zero Sievert. Zero Sievert being the extraction shooter genre, but it is more of a uh, top-down. Sort of like old school, you know. You know how like flash games were. You had those like top-down shooters where you like use your mouse to point and click, and you used you just went WASD for your movement yeah. and all that. And yeah, it was it very much has a lot of those elements in it. It is uh, a deep extraction shooter with the base building and all that. But I just have not had time to put into it, and I really regret that. Um. Man, what other games do I have on the list here that I wish I played more of? One for me is um, Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Oh, yeah. Once again, is that my game of the year? It probably wouldn't be, but it could probably make my top five. I'm I'm on chapter three out of six, I think, um, in that game. And I really like what I've played. I just didn't have time to really get around to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I wish I played more Everspace 2. I know I talked about it like once on a podcast here, but yeah, didn't really get deep into that. Didn't get deep into Honkai Star Rail, uh, even though it is a much better mobile game format because, I mean, there's an award I'll give out later for a mobile game uh, that kind of supplanted Honkai Star Rail for me. Mm. Uh, um, 
other games? Let me see. I wish I, I wish I finished Hi-Fi Rush. That's one that I, I really regret. I kind of dropped off it and didn't finish it. And, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Tango. I should have finished <laughs> your video game. Um, please don't hold it against me. I know you send me codes of all your games and, you know, all that. But, uh, <laughs> just kidding. <Yeah. laughs> um, but I do regret not finishing that. That It was a really dope game that I just didn't finish. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, those are our regrets. Um, I'm not sure how you want to do it, if you want to get into our lists first or if you want to get into our alternative awards. Yeah, let's do our awards. And the way we usually, we've changed and done our uh, stuff over the past couple of years is we have just a couple random awards that we give out and then we have a top five list. But our awards and list, you know, the game's... They don't have to be on PlayStation. This is literally no. everything we've played this year. No, at, at, at this matter. point, at this point, the title of our podcast is a misnomer. We we play. Yeah, <laughs> we do. Yes. So yeah, that's that's what's fun about these awards, though, for us is we just incorporate it all. And so yeah, when we uh, when we dive into our awards, I I think we both have five. Is that yes? Correct? We both okay. have five. All right, um, so, uh, yeah, go ahead. You can go first. Hmm. Okay. This first award goes to the game maybe in a different life or maybe if I was a teenager at the time this came out. And that goes to Starfield. Um, mm. Because if Star, if a game, I mean, games like Starfield, Oblivion, Skyrim, those games, you know those games? If yes. Starfield came out when I was in high school... I would be playing the living fuck out of that game. I would not stop playing that game. That would be the only thing I'm playing for years. But as it stands, being a grown-ass adult, I don't have time for that. I don't have time to play a game that has New Game Plus over and over and over again. I used to prestige... I got to 10th Prestige in Call of Duty 4. I would do that if this came, came out when I was in middle school or high school, when I had all that fucking time. But as a grown-ass man, I don't have time to enjoy Starfield probably the way they want me to enjoy Starfield. Yeah, same. I, I feel I feel that way about a lot of big games, and Starfield's probably one for me, too. I haven't played it yet, but I, I'm with you. Like, I love those sort of games, and I, I loved games that had new game plus back in the day like just playing the game again but you have all your all your gear and you're leveled up and all that stuff is is so cool and i wish i could do new game plus more um with any game because I, I i've always enjoyed that so i'm with you with you with that yeah um do you have a game that falls into that category for you or is your answer also starfield <laughs> It would, yeah, probably Starfield, yeah. <laughs> okay. What's yeah. your first award uh, to give out? My first award goes, I'm calling it the best fast travel ever created award, and that goes to Spider-Man 2. Okay. Have you, yeah, have you cool. seen this fast travel? No, I haven't. What What is, describe it for me. It, to me, it is like completely revolutionary in modern AAA games in how it works. So typically 
fast travel, you have, you know, set points, bases, whatever, and you pick those points and you fast travel to them, right? This game, once you uh, level up um, a, any of the districts to a certain point, you literally highlight, you literally go to whatever you want on the map, hit the fast travel button, and it takes you right there. There is no set point, basically. Like, it it, it changes it just a little bit. Like, I, I do think they, they have a, a couple tricks uh, you can tell when you do fast travel. But for the most part, wherever you pick on that map, bam, you will go right there. And you go there, and Spider-Man's already swinging and everything. You're in motion. It is so cool because it's not just, like, set points. It's literally you just go and do. And, you know, once you level up some of those districts, and you, you don't have to level up a lot until you unlock fast travel for each district. Um, but once you do, I mean, not only is it fun to just swing around in this game, it's faster and all that stuff, but, man, that fast travel, though, you were just zipping all over the city. It's it's sick. Uh, I... I I need more fast travel like this with open world games. It's it's awesome. Mm. Wow. Yeah, that sounds that sounds pretty dope. I like that. That sounds ideal, <laughs> especially in like it, with games that are like so big. Like that that's a feature I wish was in a game that I am yeah. recent, that I've recently been playing Red Dead Redemption Two. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> See, that would be perfect for that. Absolutely. Yes, um, but it isn't there. Uh, the best. I mean, if I were to give out this award to any game, I guess it would be Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven's transit system that they. I mean, it's it's a cool thing. It isn't as cool as what you're doing, but it's it's cool. I don't know. I don't really have too many. I mean, not too many games do fast travel in an interesting way. Right. It's it it is it's been like hey, these are your fast travel points. You can fast travel through like discovered things or whatever. That's how it's been for like over a decade, maybe two at this point. So yeah. Right. I get it. Yep. I understand. I need to play more Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Yeah. Um do you want to follow that up with another one? Uh no. Yeah, go ahead. You can All right. we can just go back and forth. All right, this one's going to be short um, because it's not in my top five. The obligatory shout-out from the number one Star Wars fan goes to Star Wars Jedi Survivor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. I feel like I have to say this. It's not in my top five, but as the number one Star Wars fan in the world, verified, uh, certified. Yes. Um, I'd say this game's pretty fucking dope. It's, it looks real cool. The different... like. Most of the game revolves around one world. There are other worlds you go to, but the world they fleshed out, really cool. Um, and I, it's it's pretty dope. It's like it's a Star Wars Metroidvania sort of thing, where like, hey, you can't progress this this what this far on in, in the main level. Go and do the other stuff, and then come back to it. Uh. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good time. I like all the different lightsaber styles. They're really fucking cool. They don't make some of them don't make sense, but they're really fucking cool. They gave a Jedi a gun. 
Yeah, I, I think too. Uh, from what I've played in the game, like I don't know, I I I haven't finished it, but I think the story is actually pretty interesting for Star Wars uh, so far. Um, oh, it, it fumbles it, man. It oh fumbles. man, that that sucks to I'm, sucks I'm to sorry, hear. I'm sorry, but I ah. in my opinion, I think it fumbles that story. Okay, shit. Yeah, I I got to a, a certain point where you fight and discover a certain character. I'm like, oh, this is actually kind of cool. Um, and yeah, so okay, that, that's a bummer. But yeah, I mean, I'm with you on the lightsabers stuff. I mean, it's really cool. And I think the openness of the game uh, kind of hurt it, I think, from a technical standpoint. But I think it does work very well, like when it's mm. not... When it's not running like shit, it's it is cool how there's just a lot more to see and do in these worlds, but it's not overwhelming either. And I think some of the visual language stuff they tried to do to make like certain things like blend in with the environments sort of hurt. Like there was, I mean, I I talked about it uh, earlier this year, but or last year, um, but there there are certain points where like you're not sure what the path forward is because they've tried to integrate like the visual language into the environment so much that some of it blends in and you aren't quite sure what you're supposed to do. Um, Some of that is really frustrating and at certain points of the game, like stop my progress for longer than it should have. Mm. Yeah. Right. Like I understand what they're trying to do to make the environments look more natural but it's a video game. We get that. Like, we understand when you mark certain things a certain color or a certain way. We understand this is a video game. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, it would be cool, like, hey, if you want to take a screenshot, you can turn that shit off. But moment to moment playing it, I need to be able to see that stuff or I'm going to get frustrated. Yeah, no, I'm um, I'm with you on that. There's been a couple spots where I've I too have been like I have no idea where to go, and then you're like, oh, okay, I see. Yes, so. game designers like there's a reason games have been designed a certain way to like for for people who like I, I like especially open world games where you can go in so many different directions like. It's important to indicate to your players what is an object that you can, like, climb on or, you know, climb, like, it's, it's like, there's, yeah, there's, they're just things that you need to show your player that they can do because just looking at an environment, you wouldn't intuit that. Uh, right. And, yeah, and right. Star Wars and, and Jedi Survivor kind of failed on a couple of times, a, a couple of times for me. But I really love that game. It is, it's a joy. Uh, some parts aren't very joyful, but it was fun to play. <laughs> Story gets dark. Right on, man. Yeah, that'd be my pick for that award too. <laughs> okay. You can be the number two Star Wars fan if you yeah. want, but like, <laughs> I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. We it's we all know it's not even a competition, you know. Right? Yeah. Like, don't come for my <laughs> crown. You will be cut down. Yes. All right. Um, my next award goes to uh, 
it's a sequel to my one of my favorite games ever made, but I only played it a few hours. Award goes to Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Oh. Um, oh, man. A Breath of the Wild is my game of the year from 2017 and one of my favorite games I've ever played. And I've only played Tears of the Kingdom for like five hours, if that. Um, oh, no. There's just... There's just so oh, many man. big games, man, this year, and it just, it, it, uh, yeah, I, I need to get back to it. I will get back to it, um, this year probably. Um, but man, I, um, I know that this game would probably sit very high on my list. Uh, so that's, that, that's that award, you know? So oh, yeah, man. that's where I'm at. <laughs> um,. I don't know that I have. You know what? Hmm. Actually, that isn't. I think this ward for me goes to Diablo Four. Hmm. Because I played yeah. that store. I played that main story, and I completely dropped that game. Is uninstalled at the moment. That game is yeah. not even on my PlayStation right now. <laughs> right. A because it takes up a bunch of space, and B because I just don't really have desire to play it. Same. Yeah, I'm. I'm with you there. I think that game does a lot of cool stuff, but uh, yeah, it just it does not have the same hook as Diablo three did to me. Yeah, yeah. Sequels they're hard. It's hard to they make are. a sequel. Yeah. Um, especially a sequel to a very good game that you played a lot of, like Diablo three or Breath of the Wild. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not that I just uh, that I I. Uh, didn't like what I played at Tears of the Game. It's just it's a time thing, and that game is uh, very overwhelming at first, in my opinion. But uh, yeah, I'll get back to it one day here. Yeah. Um, all right. I guess I have an award to give out now. Um, that award is the game that ruined my morning mood, my morning routine. Um. Ooh. And this is where a mobile game comes in. Monster Hunter Now. Oh, right. Here we go. Mobile Monster Hunter game. It is amazing how this game is, uh, like, it's just Monster Hunter. I mean, it's simplified, obviously. Touch controls. You're pressing and holding. You're swiping to dodge. Um, but this game is, it's it's got that those hooks in me, man. I'm looking for these monsters. I'm looking for these resource nodes. I'm like, I gotta upgrade to the next tier of armor or the next tier of weapon to fight this new monster that's in this event. It's just really good. It does Monster Hunter really good um, for what it is. And every morning, I'm checking my phone. Are there monsters outside my house I can hunt right now? <laughs> are those the monsters I need to upgrade my hammer um, and it got me so hooked on Monster Hunter I'm playing Monster Hunter Rise now on my Steam Deck <laughs> oh wow nice <laughs> um, but I am still playing Monster Hunter now every damn day uh, because I need to be able to solo some of these hunts because I just don't have enough people around that play that game with me so yeah, that's a game that ruined my morning routine. Monster Hunter Now. 
Right on. No, that's awesome. I don't. I don't have anything for that award. Um, mm. I wouldn't expect just, you to. You don't play mobile. Yeah. Games. <laughs> no, and I don't really. Yeah, I don't place too much in the morning either. So, yeah. But that's awesome. I've stopped eating breakfast a lot of days, which is bad. And, uh, <laughs> I, my my girlfriend yells at me for not eating breakfast, but it's Monster Hunter all the time. You got shit to do, man. You got got more important things to do. So I wouldn't yeah. call it more important, probably, but you know, maybe I should rearrange my priorities. Yeah, right. All right, my next one is it's good, so please stop giving it shit award, and that goes to Halo Infinite. Um, oh, okay. So Halo Infinite has. I think it's always been good from a gameplay perspective. Even even at launch, the game always played really well. And yeah, the seasonal model, they had some struggles. 343 had a lot of struggles with it. Um, progression wasn't totally there. Um, kind of lacked a lot of modes, a lot of variety in the maps. Um, but I feel now that... They are a few seasons in. There is so many maps. To the point where when I go back and, and play it every once in a while here, I'm still finding new maps like that just go into the rotation that I'm like, I've not played this map before. and It's exciting. and So there's a lot of maps. There's a lot of modes. Progression's much better with both the Battle Pass and um, they, they just have kind of like an overall account sort of progression as well and uh so they've made that a lot better the customization of your weapons and armor and all that stuff is is better as well um there's a lot more not still not as much as i want but there's a lot more like just stat tracking um yeah they, they've made a lot of really great improvements i feel like forge really broke that that game open and i think it, it's in a really good spot i'm very excited where it'll go uh in the future and so yeah that's that's that award for me yeah i'm not sure i have one of those uh i have not been playing games that have been lambasted by the media or by public opinion um i mean what i will say is that i i think for the most part cyberpunk 2077 has come good yeah that's uh, probably a good candidate for for this one, for sure. Um, though I will never, I will not apologize, I will not cover for how the main story of Cyberpunk 2077 goes. Um, because fuck that, <laughs> and V deserves better. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> All right, my fourth award goes to, well, it is the Mindfuck Award. And this is because it's a puzzle game, mm. and it fucked with my brain a little bit. It's Cocoon. Orbs okay. inside of orbs, transporting yourselves through dimensions within the orbs, but are the orbs inside the other orbs? Can you move those orbs within their orb orb dimensions? Cocoon is really fucking good, Tyler. 
It is yeah. a fantastic fucking puzzle game. Yeah, I've heard. You've talked about it. It, it seems very good, yes. Like... At some points, I feel stupid, but then I step away from it, and I, then I don't feel stupid anymore, and I'm like, oh, wait, there's the solution. Why was I so dumb earlier? Uh, and I think that is the best place a puzzle game can be is, oh, wait, hold on. Take a little bit of distance from this, and now I understand it, and I realize that I was, I've been going about it the entirely wrong way. I think Cocoon does that multiple times. And it's not a very long game, but it it has a bunch of those moments where it's like, oh, wait, no. The way I've been doing this before is wrong. Let me think a different way. Let me think of, like, oh, wait, I can go here, and then that thing will exist there. So then I can take it back through. And, you know, it's kind of like, kind of like weaving different, like, different dimensions together like to get your orb where it needs to go <laughs> if that makes any sense um, mm-hmm. but yeah cocoon is just amazing um, and it, it, it's just it's a very good looking game it has a pretty good soundtrack and it's it's on game pass I can't believe I mean I can believe it because this is totally a game pass game but this is like this is an incredible game like a real hidden gem. Um, like I, I don't, I don't feel like enough people have been playing Cocoon. <laughs> you included, Tyler. You have not I, played uh, Cocoon. I know. Yeah. No, I know that. That. I guess going it back to what we talked about. It is a five or six about, hour game, Tyler. Come on, you could knock that out <laughs> in a weekend. Yeah. No. I, I. I guess going back to what we talked about earlier. I guess that that is one that is on my list of regrets for okay. for the year. So, yeah. All right. Objective accomplished. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I've made you regret not playing Cocoon. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I have game. any. Yep. Yeah, I don't I don't think I have any games that were a mindfuck or had like a crazy mindfuck moment that I can think of that I've played this year. So that's a good one. Good award. Okay. All right. My next award is the Going Hard in the Paint Award, and that going goes hard. to yeah, <laughs> and that goes to Final Fantasy 16's boss fights, mm. and how over the top, unnecessarily over the top, crazy, epic, long, how amazing these boss fights are cinematically, and I just I loved every single one of these boss fights. They're not very challenging, but they're so fucking cool to play. The designers of this game uh, absolutely go hard in the paint for the boss fights to make that just, you know, one of the most memorable, probably the most memorable experience about Final Fantasy XVI. When I think about that game, I am going to think about the boss fights and just how fucking cool every single one of them was uh, in their own ways and just crazy so that that is that for that game yeah i mean i'd I'd have to say the same spoilers final fantasy 16 is not my top uh, five so yeah it's not Um, mine either so that's part of the reason why i did want to i want to get some praise here yeah Um, the boss fights it it does some cool stuff to me the boss fights save that game i agree the boss fights make that game worth playing 
Yes. Um, because a lot of the stuff in between, not fantastic. <laughs> and especially, no. like, there are some really low points in Final Fantasy sixteen. Yes. But those boss fights are so good. The soundtrack to them, mm, delicious. I love it. Uh, and just the way, like, some of them are just, like, visually, like, the boss fights are so visually different. Like, they're, they're boss fights where you were, like, so small compared to what you're fighting. <laughs> it's incredible. There are boss fights where, like, oh, you're flying through space and time, maybe. I don't know what exactly is happening here, but it's pretty uh, its pretty amazing stuff. And then there are boss fights where it's like, oh, this is one-on-one. Fucking duel to the death. Here we go. Yeah, um, well, and, and you're just, like, fighting in, like, a, a white void, you know? Yeah. And it's like, this is still so fucking cool. Um, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Like, I, I can't imagine how much time some some of the people that made this game worked on just a single boss fight um, with it. Like, it's it's so cool. And, yeah, I agree with you on the soundtrack, too. I mean, the soundtrack, both from being, like, crazy over the top to sometimes being very calm as well, and especially the last boss fight does that, it's it's awesome uh, how those two, those two things just go so well together in this game. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, all right. Our last award before we get into each of our top fives. I have the game for sickos, Tyler. And my game for sickos award goes to Phantom Brigade, the mech tactics strategy game where you play by turn, but the turns are six seconds long. And you have to map out the next six seconds of combat. And somehow not, like, <laughs> fucking, like... Oh, man. It, Phantom Brigade is, like, one of those... It's another one of those games that I wish I played more of. But it is incredible, like, the moment-to-moment, like, tactics battling. Um, Just the way, like, you have to manage, like... Oh, certain weapons are best if I stay stationary. So can I stay stationary in this spot for a couple of seconds to fire off a shot before dodging these incoming missiles? Will those missiles arrive <laughs> within those six seconds? Um, is like as a tactics game, it is so far up its own <laughs> ass about like, <laughs> oh, you have to get these timings right. You have to like make sure you're moving. You have to make sure like. You're in a position to do these things. You have to make sure you're not overheating. Like, you have to manage each of your mechs and your pilots and understanding, like, the the kind of, like, intricacies of, like, oh, this pilot is good at using this mech because they can use that weapon in a certain way, while this pilot is good at maneuvering these mechs. It's it's really incredible, and over the course of a campaign, um, you can just develop some really incredible combinations of oh this mech is meant for this pilot and sometimes you either don't have that pilot or that mech available because they're under repair or in the med bay and then you have to make do and try to figure out oh do I have a substitute for this <laughs> and um yeah i think yeah i think phantom brigade has scratched an itch for me that I knew was there. I knew I had a Battletech 
itch to scratch. And Phantom Brigade scratched it. It's really good, and I want to get back to it. Do you have anything to give away for games for sickos? Man, I feel like there's a couple good good potential picks here, but uh, mm. I'll go with Forza Motorsport only because of how much customization you can do with your cars. Okay. If you're a car sicko, mm. you, can get, you can get really up in that ass on any of these mm. cars. Um, so that's that's probably it. Um, and I, Baldur's I Gate Three s- could be it too, though. Yeah, Baldur's Gate Three. <laughs> we're going to talk plenty about Baldur's Gate Three. Yeah. Right. Um, but I, I I can concur with uh, maybe Forza Motorsport because just like you can even be a sicko about how you tune that game's difficulty for you. Yeah. Like it right. is a uh, you can tune the experience you want out of Forza Motorsport. Um, and I think that in itself is kind of a uh, a very sicko move. <laughs> like, you're kind of, like, edging yourself towards victory. Like, trying to see how far you can push yourself. It is, uh, it's pretty, I, I think that's pretty, inc- that's one of the incredible things that, uh, Forza Motorsport has done this year. Yeah, I agree. Agree with you on that. All right. Uh, my last award goes to the coolest guy of the year. Who's the so coolest the cool, guy, Tyler? Tell me. <laughs> the coolest guy of the year award goes to Kiryu, or should I say Joryu? Uh, oh, yeah. King Cosma, baby. Um, I, I played this game for. I haven't finished yet, but I am on chapter four, and I played it for like six hours straight yesterday. Um, and so, yeah, I think I'm about nine hours in total on this thing. And. Dude, Kiryu is so fucking cool in this game. Like, just the coolest fucking guy. Every cutscene with him in it is awesome. His look is awesome. Even just the silliness of customizing yourself in the Coliseum is just still so cool. <laughs> like, the first thing that you get um, and he puts on is, like, so, like, over the top and awesome. Um yeah, he's just he's just chill, but he will fuck your shit up if you, you know, screw him over and, and all sorts of stuff. He does what he's got to do, but he's also very caring about certain things as well. And Kiryu, or Joryu, is awesome. And mm-hmm. I just think it's so funny being this far in to this game and he's still like, no, I'll Kiryu, who's that? <laughs> you know, like it's just it's just like, dude, come on. But I love how how they play into it. He's hands down the coolest coolest character of the year. Kiryu's always been cool, and I know I haven't played all the games, but he he seems like he's always been cool, but he is extra fucking cool in this game to me. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if there's anyone who can compete with Kiryu. Kiryu is, like, maybe my favorite character of all time, so I don't think I have anything else to say on this category. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. I love it. And, and even, uh, you know, there's there's a section in the game where you're going through the castle, and he's just using his 
abilities, which are so stupid, a lot of the abilities, but I absolutely love them in this game. But he's just like using them in like grappling hook, like a grappling hook and just flying all over the place and pulling out a pistol in midair while grappling, you know, using his grappling hook and like shooting these three fucking dudes in the head. And it's like, oh my God, this is awesome. This is just way, this should not be this cool, but I love it. Um, yeah. All right. Well, it's time to get down to it. Our top five games of the year, Tyler. Um, I think the way this will work is if I say, if either of us say a game and the other person has it ranked higher, we'll just move on and then talk about it when it comes up at its highest rank. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, that's fine with me. All right. So, Tyler, my number five game of the year is Remnant 2. Ooh, have you played any Remnant 2? I have not, no. no. It is now on Game Pass, I believe. Yes. So you don't have any excuses. Um, but Remnant 2, a third-person shooter with some procedurally generated sort of stuff going on, some really cool worlds that you're traveling through. I think Remnant 2 is my favorite it's the game that I like the look of the most. Um, because it has so many very different looks to it. Like, there, there's a level that looks straight up like fucking Bloodborne. And then there's, an, there's a level that looks like Mass Effect a little bit. There's a... Le- there are like, And then there's, like, a... I mean, this game goes to so many different places with the way it looks. And it plays amazing. Like, these... Mm. I want to play more... Remnant 2, but I want to play co-op because there are so many different builds you can do with all these unique weapons that you pick up along the way that do different things. The boss fights are really cool. I fucking love Remnant 2 and I did not play nearly enough Remnant the first one to justify that. Um, I, I just really enjoy the way this game plays, the way this game feels, the way the character classes and the builds work in that game. And yeah, it's just it's it's pretty incredible. Tyler, I know you've experienced this game a different way by watching some playthrough of it. Um what is your takeaway from Remnant Two? <laughs> Remnant Two, yeah, I, I watched a lot of it and it looks awesome. It looks like it plays very well and but man does it look very difficult in some of those boss fights. Um mm. especially as the game goes on. Like that last boss fight looks just I'm like, dude, I don't even know how you would do this, just watching that. Um, but it's very cool, and I think it it seems like they've made a lot of really great changes from the first game. And, yeah, it, it, I I think they uh, they deserve all the success they have received with this game. Because it's sold very well. It has maybe my well. favorite boss fight of the year, which in a year with Final Fantasy sixteen is saying something. But I love the boss fight with the cubes. Mm. Have you seen the boss fight with the cubes? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love neat. that. That that boss fight is really fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of makes you... I mean, I, I think... I would imagine that they're going to do a Remnant 3. And it's like, well, this is the step from Remnant 1 to 2. Like, what's it going to be like from 2 to 3? And that's kind of exciting thing about 2. 
All right. Well, what's your number five game, Tyler? My number five is another game on Game Pass, uh, and that is Hi-Fi Rush. Okay, Um, cool. Yeah, this game came out, you know, just out of nowhere in early 2023, and I I loved it. Um, I think it is very cool in so many ways. Um, uh, The main character, uh, Chai, I think his name is, is is just absolutely charming and the cast of characters around him is just amazing. They're very cool. There's so many awesome abilities you can do and of course this this game is, you know, rhythm based action and at first I was like, mm, I don't know if I'm going to like that, but I ended up really enjoying it because yes, you you perform better if you um go to the beat, but you don't have to. So it's got it does. It's not a turn off in that way, uh, if you are not you know a, a rhythmic person, um, and so that that is very neat as well. And I also just can't get over how good this game looks. Um, it's it's just absolutely stunning. Every single just environment is just beautiful, and the way the world is kind of like bopping to the beat, basically, of the song as it's playing is also incredible. Really cool boss fights in it. Um, yeah, I, I loved it. I, I I think Xbox has something very special with this franchise, and they need to, uh, hopefully they realize that, and, you know, there will be a sequel down the line here. It also just gives me a lot of really good, like, just Ratchet and Clank vibes. Like, in that, it's kind of in that vein, I guess, that type of game, and is. It's a great experience. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I need to get back to it. I, I like the soundtrack. I like the look of that game. I just, I guess it just didn't click with me. Like the the moment to moment gameplay didn't click with me personally. But I need to give it another shot. Yeah. Uh, all right. On to number fours. Armored Core Six, Tyler. Oh right. Fires of Rubicon. This is another game for sickos. Um, (laughs) As you might have, uh, you know, unveiled, I I mean, as as might have revealed to everyone in the audience, I am a sicko. And Armored Core 6 is maybe the ultimate game for me, personally. Um, It is a mech action game in which you're altering your build to combat different situations to you know progress the story forward this game this is also a game with a new game with a very important new game plus almost near automata esque new game Ooh, plus that's interesting where you right. under where you're understanding the story from different perspectives new game plus um a game which I have not actually progressed to a new game plus because I've not finished the first <laughs> playthrough of it but I've heard things about it and it is what I from what I've played of it, I I still feel confident putting it up here because it is maybe my favorite action game in a long time, and I really love mechs and I like building mechs and I think this game is really cool with all this customization you can do. You can customize colors and the different level of wear on your mech, so you can really just tune it to how how you want it to look. It's got a pretty interesting story so far uh, for me, like trying to understand 
Oh, what are the objectives of your handler? What are the objectives of these different corporations and the local people that you're taking contracts from? Like, what is actually going on here? Uh, it's it's a really cool, interesting story, and just an amazing game on top of that. Uh, people didn't think from software would devi deviate from, oh, the Souls games are doing good. Let's just keep making more of those games, like Elden Ring, and but they really went back to their roots here a little bit with the Armored Core series and just, you know, they did not deliver Armored Souls, which is what a lot of people have been begging for, but they delivered an Armored Core that is for the Armored Core fans and sickos. And uh, I'm just glad to be a sicko this year. It's really, it's a good, it was a good year to be a sicko. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, no, I think it's I think it's cool though that it did it does seem like they have incorporated some of the souls like elements of their um you know, bunch of their recent games into this game in terms of like the game seems to be difficult but manageable. Well, but then the older, the, I'll, the I'll boss fights that. also the boss fights also seem to be just really cool and that's obviously something that's huge with Souls games is the boss fights. Um so that that's cool. So go ahead though. I mean, I think I think Armored Core has always been a difficult video game. Okay. I think there I think there's a reason there aren't as many Armored Core fans out there as you might think. Uh <laughs> There's a reason it was a surprise that they went back to Armored Core. Um, because those games are difficult. That yeah, and right. this game is is maybe slightly easier than that because they give you the tools to you know build yourself around certain situations to you know adapt your mech to you know what you're facing. But it is still a hard game. It is still a very fast-paced game. It is still a game where you need to press a lot of different buttons at the same time. It is not a very accessible game at all. You need to be able to press like combinations of buttons that you never have to press in other video games. <laughs> <laughs> and it yeah, there and I think I don't I don't want to give it this credit, but I think Armored Core is the reason why some people hold their controllers upside down. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> that is the level of which this game is for sickos. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, that, yeah, but yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> that is that is really awesome. All right, um, my number four is Spider-Man Two. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed. So I have I have finished this game. I platinumed it. Um, I enjoyed a lot of what this game did towards the end of it. It I think. This is the best playing Spider-Man game out of the three that Insomniac has done. I think this is probably the weakest story out of all of them. I think this story gets very interesting towards the end of the game, but it is a slow burn for a long time. And to the point where, unfortunately, like, Miles' story is kind of like, what is, what is he, what is even happening? Um, I just don't really get it sort of thing and there's a lot of focus on peter um i do think it it comes together very well at the end they make some very interesting decisions um and changes to 
the this universe, I guess, based off of you know just traditionally what some of these characters have always been. Um, and yeah, there's just some really fucking awesome boss fights, and there is a moment where uh, towards the end where the city completely changes, and it's just it's so fucking cool and stunning to look at. Um, and where I'm like, man, I can understand this came out in the Insomniac leaks. Why the budget for this game was apparently $390 million. Um, cause it's, it's, it's beautiful. And there's a lot of great things about this game. Even the side stuff, like some of it is kind of boring in terms of what you're doing, but the payoff is there at the end of it. Um, there's some really cool side quests that uh, basically tease a lot of things about what's to come. Uh, and and I'm very interested about that. Um, and yeah, just a, a lot of the, the skill trees, the progression, um, being able to go between Miles and Peter in the way that that is dealt with like i feel like insomniac really streamlined a lot of that stuff and made it feel really fun um and it's an awesome game it's it really is um like i said i think it's the best playing of these three i think it's the worst story of all of them but it doesn't make it a bad story at all it's very much i think it suffers from uh well what a lot of trilogies kind of suffer from in a way is like the second one is kind of like just a lot of setup for the third one. And you can tell that is the case with a lot of things here. So yeah, curious where it'll go, but Spider-Man two is, it's a great game. Nice. Yeah. I need to, I need to play it. I'm, I'm interested to see how it connects with the rest of Insomniac's plans because it seems like they're a Marvel studio now. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious too. I, I mean, I think the interstitial that they're probably going to do, according to those leaks, is pretty obvious. And when you're playing through this game, you you're like, yeah, that makes sense. And I'm curious where where that'll go. Um, but yeah, it's it does seem like they are a Marvel factory, and that is a bummer. But I, like, I'm just so torn about it because I think it's a bummer that this is all they're going to do, but. These games have also been really fucking good. So it's it's one of those things. I don't know. We'll see where it goes. All right. My number three, Tyler. You've already talked a little bit about it. The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. All right. Hell yeah. I fucking love this game. And it's not like playing it alone, like... Just on the merits of playing Tears of the Kingdom, it's an incredible video game. But the reason it is so it's so high for me is seeing the videos online on TikTok of people doing unimaginable things with the tools they gave you in Tears of the Kingdom. I've seen so many different Korok torture devices. <laughs> I've seen so many different sorts of vehicles to get around. I've seen so many death machines mowing through Bokoblin camps. This, it is incredible the level to which uh, Nintendo has allowed you to commit war crimes in the Tears of the Kingdom. <laughs> yeah, seriously. It, it is awesome. 
Um, and that that alone is it's like just the entertainment value I've gotten from Legend of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom expands way beyond the playing of the video game. And that is why it's so high on my list. I have not finished it. I'm not sure how close I am to finishing it. Um, it's been a little bit... I, I haven't played Tears of the Kingdom in a little while, but... God damn, it's so tempting to fucking go back there and just remake, like, rebuild some of the stuff that I've seen online. It's... yeah. It's amazing. Uh, and I'm amazed at how well they've, like... How well they kind of, like, made made certain parts of the game, like, before launch. Like, before launch, you didn't know anything about the underground. Like, the underground area of that game, completely unknown in their marketing. But, like, there's a, this whole dimension of this game. It's like, and the way it connects to the upper level and all that, it's... They've done an incredible job building Hyrule. I don't know how they get away from it. Or if they get away from it. Like, this is an incredible world they've created. Ah. Yeah, man. It, it, from what I've seen, too, you know, I like talked about earlier, I very much need to get back to it uh, sometime this year. But it, it's almost like, where do you go from here with Zelda? Like, with some of these abilities and, and what you can do building this game, it's like... I don't even know how, how you follow that up. Like, I thought that about Breath of the Wild, and this is what we got. So it's like, okay, that makes sense. But, like, where do you go from here with that? It, I almost don't envy Nintendo in a way. But, yeah. you know, they're obviously a very creative company, and that's why we have this game in the first place. So they'll figure it out. But, yeah, it's pretty pretty amazing what you can do in this game. All right. My number three is Resident Evil 4. Um, mm. you're, you're putting a remake in your top five. All right, let's go. Yeah. Have we done this, and, have we done this before? Have we put remakes in our top? I think Resident Evil 2 remake might have been. Yeah, I think so. I think so, yeah. Um, so Resident Evil 4, um, I played it a couple times a long time ago on PS2, and it never really clicked with me. You know, I've kind of really fallen in love with this franchise since Resident Evil 7 and then 2 Remake came out. Um, so being able to now play this game in very much a modern way with a lot of the modern changes that they made, I mean, this game is awesome. And my biggest gripe with it is, to me, the third act kind of falls off and is not as interesting as the village or the castle in the first two acts. But it's still really good don't get me wrong um but man those first two acts when you are in a village in a castle it's just it's so creepy it's so interesting i just wanted to explore every single nook and cranny of this world um i think the story is actually very interesting as well leon leon is the only other character i think this year that could compete with kiryu for the coolest guy of the year award but he's also okay. kind of a he's also kind of an idiot at the same time. <laughs> but some of his lines are just well, Kiryu is classic. sometimes an idiot. Also, let's not, yeah, let's not no, that's true. That, that is true. <laughs> that is true. Um, yeah. So there, Leon's awesome in this game, and uh, the gameplay is really good. I just I love the whole 
this game is good at making the player just feel good because in a way like your numbers are always going up even though there's mm. not like true stats in in like an rpg sort of way like you you take out an enemy they're going to drop a little bit of currency you get that currency you go upgrade your weapons those stats go up and it's just this constant loop of you're all you're constantly getting rewarded for something and uh I, even if it's just a small little thing like that and i i think that is a nice change with this game and um i enjoyed it i enjoyed every single bit of it it's a great game beautiful as well capcom crushing it with their uh resident evil engine that they're using yeah i so i played the original resident evil 4 never finished it but maybe i do that now Maybe yeah, maybe I do that now. Yeah, hmm. I mean this is this is the best version. I mean it, it seems like they have they are pretty faithful to the game and but made the right changes, basically. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Time right. for our top two, Tyler. Yeah. Yeah. My number two is like a dragon Gaiden. Hell yeah, man. Oh, my God. And you need... This game has convinced me that, holy fuck, Tyler, you need to understand Kiryu by the time you get to the end of this game. Because what put this... Like, I originally had Gaiden at number three and Tears of the Kingdom at number two, but what pushes this up to number two for me is the ending of that game, Kiryu, literally in tears, looking at a photograph. And then I saw an edit on TikTok. Of, Look at this photograph. <laughs> and Tyler, if you understood how much those kids mean to Kiryu, if you understood what he did to protect them, all those years, and what he's doing now to try to protect them, basically forgoing his life to protect these kids. Man. Mm. It's incredible. And the way that it leads into Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth. One of these days, Tyler, you may, maybe you don't need to play all the games, but you need to read a wiki. You need to read a story summary of what Kiryu has been, to, been through to get to this point. Um, because you need that. And it's important. And on top of that, this game's just incredible to play. Like, <laughs> there's so many cool things you can do. I love how they brought back Pocket Circuit. I like, like, the Coliseum stuff is really <laughs> classic stuff. It's really cool. Um, the Akame, or, yeah, it's Akame. Akame Network? Yes. Yep. A lot of cool, interesting stuff with that. I like uh, how it's... It's just easier now to, like, see what you're... Like, see what's on the map that you can go do to, you know, advance certain things. Um, a lot of quality of life stuff there that, that makes the game just more... More easy to see all the things, and I have, and it's really good. And I, I'm just really happy with... I'm just so happy that this game is so popular that people give a shit about Kiryu now. <laughs> 
because um, <laughs> yeah, man, it's it's great. And you can play Sonic the Fighters in the arcade if you wanted to go play Sonic the Fighters. You can do that in like a Dragon Gaiden. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, I think the Like a Dragon Yakuza series is just an incredible way for Sega to showcase its old video games, too, the way it does that in the arcades. Like, you can go play... In certain games, you can go play Virtua Fighter. You can play Wave Racer. I think it's Wave Races. There is their version of that. Um, play Outrun. Like, you can play all these old classic Sega arcade games within these Yakuza games, and I think that's that's incredible in itself as well. Um... They included some, I believe, Master System games in uh, in Like a Dragon Gaiden that you can play in one of the hideouts. Uh, yeah, I just, I think as a whole, Like a Dragon Gaiden is just like, it's one of Sega's, <laughs> it's, this series is one of Sega's great accomplishments. <laughs> like, early on, like, when, when the Yakuza franchise was starting, people were like, oh, it's that not GTA and that's not what this game is. This game is, like, compared to the writing we've seen in GTA, I feel like Yakuza is more like the crime drama, whereas in, like, GTA is the action movie. And um, I certainly have a, a taste that makes me lean a certain way. <laughs> yeah. No, man, I mean, I think... I think... Yes, I have not played all the Yakuza games. I don't know every single thing that has led up to this point, but I do think this game does a good job of that. I think they could tell, and they were smart in that they got a lot of people in with Like a Dragon um, and knew that they needed to uh, you know, show Kiryu off a little bit more, so I think they've done it in a great way. Now... Would it have hit me a lot more, uh, some of these things? Absolutely. Like, I, I don't deny that. Um, but, yeah, I think it's, it is it is a great game. And, and I, I I really like the Akame stuff. Um, I think it's a little bit of a bummer how you have to get to a certain level at certain points in the story. Um, so you kind of have to grind it out a little bit. But what I do like about it is it... it yeah, like you said, it's easier to discover things. It's just kind of a little, almost like a little game inside of the game. Like it's it's nice to score those points and get, you know, level that stuff up and get cool gear out of it. And it, I like how it's also a place for all the sub stories as well. You know, it's just it, it's it's simple, it's clean. I like it a lot. I like Akame as a character too. I think she's 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 badass. I like her a lot. Um, yeah. yeah, it's, it's an awesome game, dude. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy it. Um, and, and the Coliseum stuff is awesome. Like, I, I think those, like, um, how you can like recruit fighters and level them yeah. up. Like the hell, the hell team rumble battles are so fucking cool. The more just straight up like cage matches in a way, like those are fucking cool too. I mean, it's. It's an it's a really really great game, it really is. Yeah. All right, what's your number two? My number two is another remake. I don't oh. give a shit. Okay, and that is 
dead space. I am, I am proud of you that this is higher for you than the Resident Evil remake. Yeah, and I think that's simply because I of two things. One, I don't think this game dips like Resident Evil does. Resident Evil Four to me, and then two, I just like playing this game more than Resident Evil Four. And don't get me wrong, I like playing Resident Evil Four as well. Like it's they're both very good, but man, some of the weapons in Dead Space are just awesome. The way this game makes you think more. Uh, about combat and, and, you know, taking limbs off the enemies and all that stuff is very cool. I find this game to be legitimately creepy, but also incredibly fascinating. Like, its story is very cool. Its lore, its world is very interesting. Um, I think this game, too, is just drop-dead fucking gorgeous. It sounds incredible. Um... EA Motive really knocked it out of the park with this, and I really hope that they uh, they end up doing Dead Space 2 and maybe 3 down the road, and maybe we get a brand new one. I don't know, but um, yeah, it's it's awesome, and, and it's you know got those very Resident Evil-inspired, of course, but very Metroidvania in a way, too, of you know all sorts of different areas you can't access, and then you get that, and now you can access them, and there's all sorts of cool stuff you can find, and I find there's not a lot of them, but a lot of these side missions in this game to be really interesting as well because they're a little bit more organic. You really have to search for them, and a lot of them are cool. I didn't do all of them, but uh, they they add a lot to the world. And yeah, it's just I think I think I I'm also just kind of a sucker for sci-fi in a way. Like I always find sci-fi to be, for the most part, it's usually very fascinating to me. Um, so I think that's another aspect of it, but yeah, this game's awesome. And listening to some of the game of the year podcasts that, of some of the shows I like to listen to, I'm just like, so frustrated when they talk about this game of like, yeah, it's good, but it doesn't need to be on the, on our list. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, this is one of the best experiences all year to me. Um, yeah, just, I find this game to be kind of criminally underrated in a way. Um, yeah, it's it's fantastic. I loved every second of it. And uh, hopefully, like I said, hopefully we get more. Yeah, that I, I should add that to my regrets list. Uh, Dead Space remake. <laughs> Damn. It's a, it's a good one. It, it might be my favorite survival horror game, mm. I think. Yeah. I think it's between that and Resident Evil 2. Resident Evil 2, and, you know, both of them are remakes, but... Resident Evil 2 Remake is really good, and, you know, you and I played through that. We had a fucking blast playing that game yeah. together, and, you know, I, I think I think both those games are fantastic, but, yeah, Dead Space, Dead Space, my second favorite game of the year. And I'd say for the longest time, you know, it was my game of the year. I really don't think there's only one other game that I think has topped it. I think it's pretty obvious what that is probably for both of us. Yeah, it's so. fucking Baldur's Gate 3. Let's just talk about Baldur's Gate 3. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Game of the fucking year, Baldur's Gate 3. Um, before we really get into it, I think it is incredible that people have, like, that any literally anyone is surprised by this. Like, how yeah. could anyone be surprised 
that Baldur's Gate 3 would be as good as it is after Divinity Original Sin 2. Yeah, and I, I, I'm with you. It's because they didn't play Divinity Original Sin 2. <laughs> like, <laughs> literally, that's it. Like, a lot of things, not all of it, but a lot of things in this game that people are excited about are in that Divinity Original Sin 2, and they've they've made it better and bigger in this game. I'm with you. And if anyone were going to make a game in this genre that would be a Game of the Year candidate, it would have been fucking Larian if you'd been paying attention even a little bit. <laughs> yeah, right. Ah. Uh, so what do we want to—how do we want to talk about Baldur's Gate 3? Because I am into Act 3. I'm not sure how far you've gotten. I am in the Underdark. So I guess I'm, right, I'm still, still in Act—I'm act still in Act 1. But there's a few things with it. One, I I know this is my game of the year, like hands down. And yes, I am only 20 hours plus into uh, my own playthrough. I think between what you and I played too, um, that's probably another 10 hours. But um, I I just find this game, even in Act 1, I know it, it gets better and better as it goes. It's just so captivating and incredible right off the bat. And now that I'm in the Underdark, and a lot of things have changed in a way, uh, in terms of just art style and creatures that you're fighting, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Who am I talking to? Like, what is going on? Everything you do in this game is just amazing. The writing in this game right off the bat is so fascinating, and... I forget which show I was listening to, but I, I have to uh, agree with this statement. It was basically like, there are, you know, fucking rabbits and squirrels in this game that are better written than the entirety of some video games that we get now. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's insane. It just, the right, the level of writing in this game is is good. And like, like you said too, it shouldn't be a surprise because it was always, it Larian's always been this good. Um, and to do it with the production value that they have put into this game in terms of visuals, the cutscenes, and you know the facial animations in in all of those, um, to to put this production value into a game like this, knowing that there is so much content that you can't really see based off the choices you make, but still doing it. I mean, it's just, it's nuts. Um, I think there's also just a lot of really great uh, changes to the combat, the turn-based combat that they've made as well. And Yeah, separating think... movement and actions is brilliant. Like, that is the thing that does it for me. That's the one thing yeah. that I wish was different in Divinity Original Sin 2. Yeah, I'm with you there. It's, it's huge. Um, and I also just think... Um, well, there's two more things I'll say and go wherever else. Um, two things with it. One, I think it is fucking nuts that they have made a game with this many classes and abilities and made it feel balanced in a way and made it feel like it doesn't... Almost Sure, there are certain builds that will work better than others, but you can kind of go however you want about it because all those abilities will will work it's crazy how they've done that and then two you know 
I'm not a massive D&D guy, um, mm-hmm. so I don't know a lot of the rules uh, with it. But I think they do a good job in this game uh, helping you along with that. It might feel overwhelming at first, um, but once you just kind of get over that hump with certain things, and there's still constantly things that I'm learning, still. Um, but once you get over that hump, like it's, they do a good job of helping you along with that, even if you're not like a huge D and D person. Um, so there's that too. So yeah, it's an incredible video game, dude. So what do you have to say? Um, I think. Like pretty much everything about this game is incredible. I love the cast of characters. Your party, mm-hmm. like, I don't think there's a single party member that I seriously dislike. I think they're all really cool and interesting in their own ways. Yeah. I think, like, the way that certain characters like banter with each other in your party is like it's really cool to test out different combinations of characters just to see what they'll say to each other. Um, and that's not to mention like, oh, wait, hold on. They have different abilities. <laughs> like they're all like, like testing different class combinations, seeing like which, which class, like which actions from classes can set up each other. Like there's so much depth to this game. Like you could play it, like everyone could play it a different way. <laughs> like it's, yeah, it's that deep. Um, and the soundtrack, Tyler. Oh, yeah. Tyler, you don't have to do it right now, but after this podcast, have you looked up the soundtrack just to listen to it outside of playing not, it? Um, only a few few songs, but not the whole have thing. You, no. Have you listened to the House of Hope song? I have not. I will have to check that one out. Mm, it's so good. Yeah, it's I'll so look it up good. after this. Yeah. Um, but, man, like, it's... I, I just, I love literally everything about this game. Like, I have yet to, other than a few technical things, which I will say, there are a few technical things later in the game. Act 3 specifically. Um, that just needs some ironing out. But, like, I just love every inch of this game. Like, I want to see everything. And you can't do that in one run. So I'm going to be playing this game this hundred some hour video game multiple times, which I would not do for almost any other game. Like, I, it's just, it is so incredible. And, like, there's, hmm. And once, like, once you get to a certain point and you know certain things about characters, it's, it makes you curious. It makes you wonder. What if I did things a different way? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And yeah, I just man, Baldur's Gate three. Like, I just want like any time I'm not playing Baldur's Gate three, I'm thinking, well, it'd sure be nice to know this thing about Baldur's Gate three. So maybe I should go do that. <laughs> um. Yeah. And I need to do my Dark Urge playthrough. Like, I've I've read a tiny chunk about what the Dark Urge thing is, and that makes me want to do an entire another playthrough with that. Two playthroughs, even. One leading into it, and one, you know, maybe trying to bow out of it. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's crazy just the amount of I don't know amount of you know amount of things you can do like a lot of RPGs try to uh, make you truly feel like you're adventuring. Your choices matter. There's a lot of different ways you can play it. A lot of them pull it off, but none of them pull it off like this game. Yeah, and. Not many games are bold enough to advertise fucking a bear as part of its marketing. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Is is Larian the best studio right now? Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. <laughs> they're, def- they're, 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 the def- they're the best RPG studio, is what I'll say. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think it, it can be a debate, you know, absolutely, on... Who who is the best developer right now? But yeah, I'm like, with you on RPG. Obsidian is close for me, but not quite there. Um, I mean, uh, yeah, I'm just trying to think. Insomniac's pretty good, but I don't think they're quite there. Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, I don't know which team, but. Naughty Dog Capcom. doesn't make video games anymore. They just remake them, so I can't <laughs> count them. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Capcom, to me, has really turned it around. And, I mean, it's just about everything they do. You know, I'm, I am I think I'm specifically talking about the Resident Evil team. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we're talking about different genres at this point. You know, it's it's tough. Um, you know, I, I really only played Hades, but maybe I mean, an argument could probably be made for uh, Supergiant. Yeah, Supergiant always hits. Always good. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, no- it's totally possible. Good. There is nothing I want more, and I want them to take their fucking time, but there's nothing I want more than another Larian game. <laughs> yeah. And it's... Like, yeah, they could it's do crazy. any... They could work with any property. They've done it with D&D. They're... There are good D&D RPGs in this genre. Like, the Pathmaker games are are good. Like, those Pathmaker games, Pathmaker, Kingmaker, and um, what's the newest one? Uh, Wrath of the Righteous. Those are mm. good games in this genre. But Larian just did it better. They could work with literally any license. I, I, it is my belief they could work with literally any license. And make a good fucking RPG out of it. And if that happens to be Star Wars, by God, they'll 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 win over the world. They won, man. That'd be so cool. Imagine a. <laughs> it doesn't have to be Knights of the Old Republic, but imagine like just a Star Wars RPG. Oh God. Yeah, just a Star Wars RPG as deep as this one. Yeah. Oh man. That'd be sweet. That would be very The cool. only problem is, I don't believe Disney would give them the creative license they would need. I yeah, just feel like right. Di- Disney would be too stingy. And at that point, if I were Larian, I'd walk away from it. Because if you don't trust them at this point, you don't deserve them. Yeah, right. Yep. Yeah, man. I, I think it's pretty safe to say that it's our game of the year in terms of uh, our game of the year. The show the best soundtrack, maybe 
far. <laughs> yeah. Uh, best cast of characters, certainly. Um, <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. God. And I need to play more of it. <laughs> That's the thing. I need to play more of it. Even though it's already my game of the year, I need to play more of it. Right. Mm. Same. I'm with you. So, Baldur's Gate 3 is our game of the year. And I think this is a first. Like, we have the least crossover of any other year. Yeah. I think so, yeah. Yeah. It's... I feel like it's been a... Since... Uh, I'm just looking here. Probably since 2020 that we both agree on the game of the year. Yeah. I think. So... Started this show in 2016, but 17 was the first year we did it. So 2017, Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice. 2018, God of War. 2019, Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice. 2020, Hades. 2021, Final Fantasy XIV, Endwalker. This one surprised me, and I was like, you know what? Yeah, we did decide this. 2022, Gran Turismo 7. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. 2023, Baldur's Gate 3. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Hell yeah, man. We are it's a cultured stuff. podcast. Yes. <laughs> yes, we are. Last year cars, this year a D&D RPG. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the year before uh an MMO. <laughs> yep. Yep. Year before that, a seriously, I mean, yeah, year before that like a a roguelike game. Um, yeah, I mean, it's and awesome. A roguelike game from Supergiant, who nobody has bought yet. <laughs> yeah. That is, like, the biggest, de- like, the most consistently good developer out here, out here there uh, that's still independent. Well, I mean, I yeah. guess Larian, Larian is still independent as well. Yeah, there's very few. Larian, Supergiant. I'm trying to think of who else. But, Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. That changes, but... Larian yeah, and Supergiant team up to write a Greek tragedy. <laughs> that would be sweet, man. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's it. That That's game of the year. Baldur's Gate 3. Man. Yeah, this was a, a, a fun show. Great year old. for... <laughs> We we are. Um, great year for video games as a product. Bad year for the people that make them. Oh, yeah. The uh, Fuck Off Award goes to uh, all video game CEOs who have done layoffs in the fucking holiday period. Fuck you. I hope, yeah. uh, I hope you have a miserable year. Yeah. Um, damn, yeah. It's been been fucking brutal for uh, jobs and, yeah uh, i hope that turns around um but this year yeah, is... i don't know i don't know if it unfortunately like i don't know if it will maybe i hope it's better but um i think quietly it was very underreported but the studio that made firewall ultra for playstation vr with sony shut down over the holidays and then I believe there are layoffs coming at Insomniac, shockingly. How and that the was fuck discovered. can they do that? Like, yeah, I know. So many games. Yeah. That was discovered. 
I don't think they've happened yet, but through the leaks, like I guess there was a bunch of emails of uh, with, between like Sony and Insomniac that was saying that they need to cut costs and lay people off, which is I mean, imagine making games as high quality as Insomniac, carrying the PlayStation Five, carrying the uh, first party studio output from Sony and then having to do do layoffs. God damn. Yeah, it sucks. What's what's all going on still? Yeah. Yeah, uh the video game industry is kind of in a really fucked up place. Like games have never been better, but like jobs have never been more insecure. It's it's mm-hmm. really really messed up. Um and yeah. I, I don't have any legal solutions to that. Uh, but, you know, maybe, you know, I just, every year I say this, maybe this is the year the video game industry gets its act together. Maybe this is the year workers, you know, figure out the score and understand, like, what's what's actually happening here. But, man, it's it's just frustrating. Every year we go through this, and it just doesn't get better. Um, something's got to change. Something's got to change. This is going to catch up to us at some point. And you could argue it has in some ways. Like, Naughty Dog has not released a game for how many years now? A new video game. Since what? Right. When was The Last of Us Part Two? Was that 2020? Twenty twenty. Twenty twenty. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's been four years and it doesn't seem like you're going to launch a game this year. No. They cancelled the game they had been working on. Yeah. Which is arguably just a spin off of something else they were doing or that they 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 cut for Last of Us Part Two. Uh so yeah. I mean, at some point like yeah. This stuff catches up. Like, when you lose a lot of talented people, and uh, <laughs> for to, to make the numbers look right, at a certain point, the numbers don't look right anymore. <laughs> because you can't, because you don't have the people to make the product. Um, which is, right. you know, ultimately the, the biggest crime of... The, the socioeconomic system we're in is that they try to make the numbers look good temporarily to keep CEOs try to make the numbers look good temporarily to keep their jobs and yeah people who actually do the work are sacrificed for the shareholder and that's just that's not a sustainable way to run businesses and yeah changing that is going to take a lot and I'm not sure that people have the guts to do it. But we'll see. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. We shall see, man. Um, but yeah, video games. We're going to play more of them here in 2024. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Maybe next time we'll go over like what we're looking forward to. Because it's actually coming up really soon. So Video games are coming up real soon. Yeah. There are games uh, yeah, that think... are releasing soon. <laughs> yeah, they are. Um, yeah, uh, let's let's do it next show. Absolutely. 
Like, I, I'm looking at Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth. That is in a couple weeks. That's January 26th. Yes. And that is maybe my most anticipated... That That's in... That and Dragon Dogma 2 are, are my two most anticipated games for this year, but... It's up there! It's one of my most anticipated video games. Yeah. But we'll talk more about that next time. For now, we're done. We're going to be playing video games. Maybe taking a break. Maybe maybe resting a little bit. Or maybe playing more Baldur's Gate 3. Who could say? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, do all the things we ask you to do every single time. Rate, review us, share us with your friends, all that good stuff. Um, yeah. Until next time, be good to each other, play your video games, and... Quiet down and listen up. Scratch that. Reverse it. <laughs>